You are listening to the CBA Podcast. Talk everything basketball. From youth club, to high school, to AU to college. CBA Podcast is brought to you by Chapman Basketball Academy. Your hosts are Terry Massey, Max Johansson, and Joel Chapman. Got a real good one today. How's everybody doing, first of all? Good. Basketball season's full. Almost to the end here, one more month here, and then we're into regionals and sectionals. And yeah, and you know, that's uh, want to talk about that. We got our guest Keith Vessel here, one of the top refs in the state. And now the the regionals, sectionals, all of that stuff is coming. How do they decide who goes to what site? Uh, which is that's a good, you know, starting question. Like, all of our kids, is, especially our 24 class, they they're starting to get to that that build up now like right. it's coming you know yeah. and you know the regionals are hard you know uh because you don't know which teams you're going to face you might face a lot of teammates as far as AAU and those regionals games uh but from a reference point of view how do they determine who goes where from my understanding it's uh the years that you have uh, been under WIA okay so you might will never see a L3 Okay. In a regional, but you will get an L4, L5, and a master. Okay. Because it determines the years. So what does that mean, L? Just the level. Level. You know, you start off at a level zero. Okay. Work your up one, two, three, four, five, and then master. Okay. How do you work up? Uh, Just by camps and, uh, you know, doing your tests, getting it in on time, uh, doing your video. That's big. Video and tests is real big with WIA. So Uh, as far as attending the camps, too. Got it. So what do you mean by, uh, because th- there's a shortage of refs and we, we know that in the state and it's, it's a lot to do with different reasons that we would dive into. But when you say video and, and, uh, camps and things like that, um, what do you mean by that? Like you got to go to certain things to become a ref? Yes. So, uh, to start out with WIA, you have to, uh, first, uh, pay, which is 50 bucks. Okay. But along with the 50 bucks comes with, uh, 50 questions, all pertaining to basketball, Okay, along with the video. And what what video? Uh, just like of yourself? No, just a video that Kate, uh, okay. WIA, she puts out. You okay. Know, and you have to watch it. It's nowhere around it. So okay. You have okay. to sit there and watch it. Okay. And it has to be done in a timely manner. Wow. <laughs> okay. So it's it's, it's hard. So it, it, we have to be on, on everything. We can't lack and edit anything. Okay. All right, uh, the gentleman you've been listening to here, uh, Keith Vessel is a referee. Um, really good one today. We're going to dive into the game a lot. And um, before we get going, Keith, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do, how you got into refing, a little bit of your background and who you are. And Well, I'm a former player. I played at uh, Marshall High School. Uh, I moved on to play at Mid-State Technical before I uh, played one year at Stephen Point. I had got away from the game uh, due to the fact of life, me having my kids. So I had to take on the father role. Mm-hmm. And at some point I had to, you know, step away from the game. But yeah. I always stayed around the game. I always came back and watched the game, always uh, watched high school games. And I was always on the sideline. Well, that's a travel. <laughs> <laughs> Ref, that's a double. <laughs> so at, just out of nowhere, I had uh 
who's my lady right now, uh, she reached out and like, uh, why don't you try basketball, be a referee? And I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> I can't do that because, like we say, the parents uh, yelling. Yeah. And I was a player, and I'm not who <laughs> with the yelling at first. Mm-hmm. So I uh, eventually I went to uh, a meeting with the association MMOA, you know? mm-hmm. uh, and I, uh, I you know I kind of got into it, and then uh, I had a bump. I had a law. I had a MAS game and uh, physical game, physical, very physical. Uh, a lot of talking back and forth. <laughs> so I stepped in as a ref, and I initiated a technical call. Mm-hmm. which I thought was right from what I heard. But the social media blast came, uh, just just, just blast. So I kind of wanted to step away mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe this is not, not for me because it's like, oh, like if you can blast me on social media, that's hurtful feeling. Yes. It's hurtful. <laughs> yes. But I had a couple of people reach out to me through social media, like, we don't take that one incident yep. and let it determine, uh, deter you away from basketball. Mm-hmm. So I stuck with it, and as as Joe Chapman know, as as a lot of officials, as a lot of coaches know that when I hit the court, I hit the court with high expectations on myself, mm-hmm. and I give the game back what it gave me. So that's why I, I think I'm becoming one of the top officials mm-hmm. because I know what a foul actually looks like. I know if a player can actually play through marginal contact, mm-hmm. illegal contact versus legal contact. Mm-hmm. And you has you get some of these players out here that that that's complaining of, you know, touching and, and and well basketball is a physical sport, so you're gonna get touched. It's just the difference if the touches is illegal or legal. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, is that uh when I step on the court I'm neutral. I don't care if I I know Joe, mm-hmm. I don't care if I know Chris. It's about the kids. Yep. So if Joe's team is a lot of legal touching, yep, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Chris' team is doing a lot of legal touching. I'm going to call it. So I try to stay in the neutral site, and that that turns me into the best man that I could be. And it, hurts, it helps me in my normal life too, as well. Yeah, but I also think that you you got a reputation of being able to talk to people. Yeah. You know, some some refs are confrontational and don't want. Um, you talking to them, you know, and what what I always thought you were really good at is explaining like, Hey, that's a foul because he's doing this. Have him get his hand out of there, you know, because that, that, that way I can see his hands, you know, little stuff like that. Then you can go back to your players um, and do that. But cer- certain reps don't allow you to engage with them, um, have a rapport, you know, with them. So I always thought that was something that, stood out to me early just understanding to different referees is which ones are approachable which ones aren't which ones you just gotta stay off of you know because everyone temperament you know is different same in coaching same as players um, we're all human so you gotta figure that out as coaches which ones you can kind of report to to uh piggyback off what you said yeah we're we're all a human but like i said if you attend the camps mm-hmm. if you attend the things that you're supposed to attend like it helps you out mm-hmm. because when I first started, I was one of the rest that you talk about. Like, mm-hmm. No, that's travel. I, I, I'm not hearing it. But when I went to camps, so now I listen to the coach and I explain to him, coach, well, this is travel because that first pickup, that's one step. Mm-hmm. See, we getting it mixed up with the NBA, NBA, NBA get the zero <laughs> step yeah. and then one, two. Yeah. 
we get one too. Yeah. So I explained to the kid like I had a game last night. I had the kid, same kid, with maybe three travels, and he mm-hmm. couldn't understand what I was saying. When you jump up, both feet have to come down at the same time. Mm-hmm. He picks the ball up, one, two, three. Yeah. So that that is the difference of me explaining to him as far as the coaches that I don't get yelled at, mm-hmm. that I have a perfect conversation with, and we move on. Mm-hmm. So your communication is something that you're going to pick up by attending the camps mm-hmm. or by just being being, being honest. Mm-hmm. I, I've missed calls, and I'll tell yep. the coach, Coach, you might be, you're probably right. I missed that one. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't get to the, that angle. I couldn't see. So what you may have a foul, when I got there, I had a touch pass going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So Joe being being one of those coaches, okay, I, I understand. Yep. Versus me saying, no, nah, that's not what you saw. No, nah, that's not what it is. We're going this way. <laughs> so now Joe is going to be like, no. So right. it's like it's just the communication. Yep. And it goes with the years. Yeah. How I was just going to say, how long did it take you to get to that point? in your refing career to notice the difference between illegal contact, marginal contact, the communication. Like you said, you go in all the classes, like you're perfecting your craft the same way the players are and coaches are. Like, How did that process go to you? And like how many games or years did it take you to really feel comfortable at like knowing what you're doing and being on top of your stuff? I'm but eighth year in and I'm still learning, but I, to go off of what you said, I think in my seventh year, I was able to understand and process everything that you're saying. Yes. Because I was, like I said, I was one of the riffs. I wasn't hearing it. Oh, yeah, if you keep saying it, I'll take you up. But that's not the way you build a friendship. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a friendship doing the game. Yep. So, and that's the way I try to keep it on both sides. Mm-hmm. Okay, coach, I understand what you're saying. Maybe I missed it. Maybe can you help me to, 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 Help me to see what I'm what I'm missing. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's not disrespecting him. He's not disrespecting me. We're mm-hmm. just having a general conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of us miss. Totally. We miss the coaching the, on yes. the coaching side too. Because we're kind of worked up in the in the flight of the game too. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done a great job with this. Like if you just have that conversation, it diffuses it right away. Yep. Or I try to I try to crack a joke. Mm-hmm. Like I just 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 to take the air out, I just try to crack <laughs> a joke or like, yeah, Joe, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yep. And yeah. if that was on that side, I probably would have. But due to my primary, and that's a lot of things, I, I stay in my primary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of coaches, sometimes coaches don't understand, like, why you didn't make the call? It's three refs out here. Yeah. Yeah. And by the, my further education is teaching me primary first, secondary second. So, yeah, I, that ref may have missed it, but I didn't catch it either because I have kids in my primary mm-hmm. and those be the off ball yep. officiating yep. that we need because you get the elbows well, you get and, the legal screening and sometimes that's hard too keith because um we, we go into games and you see a dominant ref you know that's at half court the play is happening at the bottom and he calls that foul and then you know the the ref at the bottom uh they try to stay neutral which i respect about refs where they know they they know their teammate maybe messed up this call, but they try to stay as neutral as they can of not giving it away. You know, like, ah, damn, you shouldn't have called that one. You know, I'm right here. You know, this is my primary right here. You know, uh, maybe I didn't see the ball going to the rim because maybe that's what you're looking at at half court, but this is my primary. But, you know, maybe, you know, how do you deal with that as a ref? When you walk into a game, you walk into a system, and we all seen it, you know, where you're going through the, battles of getting your years up your your l1 l2 l3 um to 
being a the dominant ref uh, when you walk in and you see it, uh, you know, you're partnered with a dominant ref that maybe call more calls than you. How do you deal with something like that? Dealing with a dominant ref, uh, it's just same thing as conversation. Mm-hmm. We're going we to talk. Yep. Hey, I don't appreciate you sticking your foot in my kitchen <laughs> and I'm not going to stick, stick my foot in your kitchen. Right. I mean, and we just, we crack jokes, but it goes along with pregame. Mm-hmm. If you have a pregame, Let's like in high school, college, it's pregame. We'll be there an hour, hour, 15 minutes before our game. We pregame. Hey, yeah. if it's a play in the C area, we're going to let the C take it all the way in. Mm-hmm. If it's coming out the trail area, we're going to drop it off to the lead or hybrid. So that that way you will have somebody crossing over. Mm-hmm. But when you do have somebody crossing over, it's like for a crusade. Right. So if I cross over to the next lane, it has to be last shot, last second. This kid has to get fouled or something has. That's the only reason I'm going to step out from my primary and go to the secondary. Because it's called crew saving. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the crew because I don't want nobody on here to say, hey, my kid was fouled in the last second and then nobody called anything. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather let the play start, watch it, and let it finish yep. before I determine the call of it. Because like you say, the contact may be marginal. Yep. And then you had to rep, whoop. Yep. This kid probably can turn the corner and finish the basket and you're taking it away from him. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I part patient whistle. Yeah. Watch the play start. I watch the play develop. Yeah. And I watch the play finish. Yeah. So when I blow in whistle, some people might say that's late. It's called patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something something with that. The patient whistle went viral last year because a patient whistle. I saw a game online was. Um, Brook Central versus, uh, no, Germantown versus, um, who was it? Germantown versus Cedarburg, I believe, at Brook Central. Or it was Brook Central versus Cedarburg, one of the two. And um, the ref had a patient whistle, end of the game whistle. And um, it was an uproar in the crowd. You know, they called a foul. Um they didn't determine what it was yet, you know, into the game. Uh, one of the coaches of the team came out on the court, technical foul, uh, came inside of the huddle, you know, with the refs. Um, so they trying to determine, but the crowd is going crazy at the same time. It's the end of the game. Um, and uh, the announcer went on, the uh, started talking on the speaker and said, you know, <clears throat> Uh, just shut the hell up. He told the parents in the crowd, told everybody on the mic, hey, listen, just everybody just shut the hell up, <laughs> you know. Um, and it went viral, you know, and, you know, the, they got the call right, but it wasn't efficient enough for everybody who was there, you know. So they got the technicals. They they got, you know, the the, the shots that they needed for fouling. They determined it, it happened before the buzzer. They needed time to kind of determine all of that, but the impatience of the crowd and intensity of the game from the coaches made them want everything faster. Um, So having that patient whistle actually was the right call, but the uproar before it happened made it a viral moment. See, in in those moments, see, what the spectators don't understand is that you rather have a patient whistle and get it right. Yeah. In a fast whistle and get it wrong. So 
I can understand the uproar, but it's like, you got to let us finish the game. Yeah. We got to process what just happened. Did did the kid bump him enough to, yeah. to make him miss the layup? It's a lot of stuff that has to be mm-hmm. determined before we blow this whistle. So, like, when I see a play coming, I take some air in. Mm-hmm. Okay, he played through it. Mm-hmm. Versus, whoop. Yep. It's different. Air, we played through it. Basket good. Let's go now. Mm-hmm. Versus, whoop, bump, side out. Yep. Is there a way, like you said, spectators, even coaches, to educate them on ref specific or a delayed whistle or the zone? Do you think, as a basketball culture as a whole, is there a way to, I don't know, like a booklet or a class, like that video that you talked about? Is there a shortened one that it just could potentially help out? the coaches and parents understand the role of the ref, how they make the decision, even a delayed whistle. Like you got to make that decision in what a second. It's not really delayed. You're still reading it at times. You're, like, processing. you're mm-hmm. processing it. So like, do you think there's a, a way that we could educate the parents, spectators, coaches, players for that matter, these little nuances that you guys have to deal with? Even if we did that, I still Not think that we, we would have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody in the crowd thinks their and son or daughter right. has yeah. got fouled. Yeah. Or yeah. it's just something, hey, you're not calling it this way. Yep. You're not calling it that way. I just had a game to where, and I agree with him. I say, well, yeah, it is like that. But what you're not understanding is your team is pressing. Mm-hmm. Your team is in man-to-man. This other team misses the misses the shot. You drive back and get into a zone. So, of course, you may look up there and it may be six fouls to three, six to two, but you you you're not open up to why it's like that. Mm-hmm. So you might say, "Ref, it's six, it's seven, two, eight, two. but you ain't saying, "Well, yeah, we is being physical, we is being a little more handsy, we is being in the press, we mm-hmm. is you know, man to man, you're gonna get fouls because mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna have somebody get beat off the dribble. It's right. gonna happen. And then you, in zones, you get fouls, but you don't get that many fouls because mm-hmm. they slow the ball down. Yep. So it's a difference. And some people just just don't understand it. Well, I'm just being spectators. Yeah, spectators just don't understand it because some coaches understand. Yeah, <clears throat> what I think is the one of the main issues, and we talked about this. One of our first podcasts was called "The Parents: The Good, The Bad, The Ugly," and the culture of the game right now in the youth sport, I think, is out of control. I think they look at the NBA and our stars. Every call, they're they're bitching at the ref. Mm-hmm. You know, coaches are coming on the court every call, right? And at the youth level, it's it's out of control. <laughs> you deal with it more than anybody, you know. How? What are some things that we can do to get this under control? You know what I mean? Parents are. Do you tee up the the bench? You know, for the way the parents act. How do we how do we reel this in? Because and, I I don't see it getting better. Right yeah. then, then you would penalize the the kids. So right. It's like I think parents should just be mindful. Like, like me when I go to my kid games. I don't say anything. Yep. Whatever I have to say to him, it'll be in the car or when we get home. Because mm-hmm. I'm not fin to, I'm official anyway. So I'm not fin to work this official. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just being honest. Some officials, you work them, you probably won't get a whistle. So you, I mean, y'all have been used to that. I'm, I'm just being honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you get the the refs like, okay, you, you, you own me. Okay, I'll swallow the whistle. Mm-hmm. But then you get the refs like, the ones of my caliber and up, who you on me? Okay, I can see what Joe's talking about. Let me watch for it, mm-hmm. or let me see what he's he, he, he's getting at me about. Let me let me watch. Yeah, some refs follow their whistle. Yeah, so it's yep. like 
you damaging your, your child team out there. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it. I'm not a ref to to do it, but I know it can be done. I, it yeah. can be done. I, I just I'm just true to the game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was brought up in basketball. How, how hard is it to not take it personally? You know, I know parents are really saying some awful things, right? And some players too mm-hmm. get in your face or something. You know, how do you not take that personally when that kid goes down and does the next move or whatever? You know, how do you not take it personally? Honesty. You got you to be honest. Yeah. Hey, whatever you said, and I talk to kids a lot. Hey, I can I can detect you, but I'm not going to. Let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I, I talk to kids all the time because I don't want to interrupt the game. Right. Like I did a couple years back by me being new. I interrupted the game with a technical file. Mm-hmm. Probably won't do that again mm-hmm. because like saying you, you, you don't know the adversity of the game right then and there. Mm-hmm. So if 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 I figure if I can talk to a kid, mm-hmm. if I figure I can walk to the coach, hey coach, I'm having a problem with 13. Yes. And I don't want to interrupt your game, but if you can have a talk with him, you know, we we can do it like that versus me uh 72 72, he says something else, pow, technical foul. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. Like again, so we we're talking about when you're dealing with referees um, and you're taught and you're like a part of that crew and you hear the parents, the the coaches, you know, telling that ref, it's not about you. It's not about you. Um, where, you know, you, you got that, um, sense as a ref to talk to people, you know, and to talk to coaches and let them know, this is what I'm seeing out there. I don't want to be the, the ref that calls, you know, technicals and be involved in it. But when you're a part of a crew and you see someone like that, um, talk to me about that because eight years in it, you probably seen everything, you know, with parents, refs, coaches, you know, talk about that a little bit. I have, I have worked with a couple of kids who, like you say, yeah. and search they self into the game to where it's like, they can't play basketball. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the marginal contact. Mm-hmm. If it's marginal, they can play through it. Let the kid play through it. Why not let a kid play through and get a layup versus taking the layup away, putting the ball on the sideline? Now we might have a foul, and they might an offensive foul. Mm-hmm. Now you turn the ball, go over the other way. Mm-hmm. So I, I try my best. You know I'm there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna know I'm there because I got the black and white stripes on, but I'm still trying to be invisible. Does it make sense? Yeah. You only gonna see me there if it's illegal contact. Mm-hmm. If it's legal, you won't even know I'm there. Mm-hmm. So I try not to insert myself into the game unless I have to. Mm-hmm. Like I like I say, I try to coach the kid out of hands off, get out of my lane, mm-hmm. stay legal. I give you several warnings before I yep. make my determination. And I think that separates some officials. Yep. That'll separate the the L1s from yep. the L4s, L5s, because we didn't have the years. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to go to the different camps. Mm-hmm. Like I attended uh, Camp at Marquette, mm-hmm. which was full of Division One reps. Uh, the feedback I was I was given, that's what I'm giving back to the high school. And I do Division Three in JUCO. I mm-hmm. give, give that right back because... That, what what I was given, and what Joe sees, and what what's your name again? Max. Max sees. They see the different ref. Yep. They see the maturity. They see the the difference in 
conversations, the difference in the way I move, the, the difference in the way I, I dress. Everything is tailored. At first, I wasn't getting anything tailored because mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had no idea this is what officials had to do. I just thought you had to put on a pair of pants, <laughs> shirt, black shoes, and whistle and work. But as the higher you go, compressions, okay. uh, under we call undergarments, yep. uh, like shirt stays. Yep. So it's it's it's, it's real. It's real attire. So it, it it they want you to look a certain way and to play a certain part, and that's the part that I play. Mm-hmm. And that enables me to move up level after level after level. Like I said, I'm only seven years in, and I didn't did Division three games, mm-hmm. uh, JUCO games, which MATC. Mm-hmm. Oh, they Those run are hard games. To oh, yeah. Oh, they they, <laughs> but they are harder because there are different rules. Yep. I think the harder game to officials is the the youth games. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get the most flack. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Penalize a kid for a slippery four, he's sliding. Right, yeah. right. I don't want to penalize a kid for there's no pressing right. and he's double dribbling. Like right. I said, I try to coach him up. Like when we get across half court, yep. you can't do that anymore. Right. Yep. So if we're in the backcourt, I'm not finna to penalize yep. a kid. Yep. I had a game to where I had to, and it it, it always made me cry. And I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. It's a youth game. The kid, the kid is traveling double, but it's in the backcourt. Nobody's pressing. Mm-hmm. So the coach yells. That's a travel. <laughs> so before I can, you know, blow my whistle and talk to the coach, I look back and now this youth kid with his head on the bench is crying. Mm-hmm. Now due to the fact that I made a call, due to the fact that this coach yep. is yelling from across the court, your players are traveling too. Right. I think youth sports has to kind of find a better balance uh, when to start pressing at a youth age. And when yeah. when to run zone and stuff, you know, even seventh grade, right? You're still trying to develop a little bit, and you got mm-hmm. these full court press. Oh yeah, you know, and then a team's up by twenty in yep. a matter of no time. Yeah, the press is off, but the team's already up, down by twenty, the and they is done. Yeah. the damage is done. Well, I mean, they I, should change that. No, right? I agree. So it's 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 a thing, and you know, Keith can attest to this. Um, inner city teams that I've been a part of growing up. They press all the time. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, they start pressing. In Chicago, they they learn how to zone press and press more than they teach man-to-man early on. And it hurts their development as they get older because now you're dealing with teams that know how to throw over the press, and they got great plays. They got shooters at the end of that press. Um, so they don't understand the value of understanding how to forget to press. Learn how to play basketball. Because at the end of the day, you won't be able to press good teams. They're going to eat you apart, you know. Um, And we're sacrificing wins um, at a young age for development. And that's what's hurting our youth players now. So you run into these teams that's pressing. They got handsies. They they yelling. They screaming. They doing all of that to get the win. Uh, But as they get older, they forget the development part of it. Now, that's the only style they know how to play. You know, so there's a delicate balance with that. I think, you know, starting at sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you got to understand what that looks like as a player. Um, but that third, fourth, fifth grade is just like you you run to these teams and you're like, all right, like it's, it's not helping anybody, you know, with their development. Uh, we uh, 
<clears throat> we talked about the different levels of refing and stuff. Joe, as a director, um, we can get into a little bit how you get into refing, uh, how it can be a job for these youth, um, yeah. how it can maybe be a career or something. But Joe, as a director, how hard is it when you're doing these tournaments to find refs in the culture of refing, getting into refing? How many are refs? Are yeah. having a hard time. You know? Yeah, and that's a good question. That we run our own tournaments, and we do great things. It's about the relationships you build with the referees that you want. Um, like with Keith, um, Jason McLean, they they got organizations that um, bring in the referees that you respect and you know. Um, and that doesn't mean everyone's going to get the calls right and nothing like that. It's just a respect factor that you know they're doing their best job as a, a company, and you you don't have to go out there. You, it's hard as a director to try to find 20 reps. You know, you want to hand that off to someone you respect and they bring the 20 reps um, mm-hmm. and not you trying to, you know, find people that makes it very hard to do. So you, you have people you respect that have the 10 or 20 people they work with, they respect, and you try to give them, you know, the opportunity to work your, your events. Um, the thing that I like about Keith is at some of our events, he's mentoring reps, younger reps, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's walking up the sideline you know, with them, showing them what they should be doing, what they what they should be looking at, which zones they um, should be in. You know, um, if you're at the bottom, you should be paying attention to this. So I'm just watching him mentoring, you know, other people. And for me, that's that's a huge step of what kind of referees we want, but what kind of organization we are. And he doesn't have to do that. You know, he's one of the top refs in the state and he's mentoring other other kids that are 17, 18, 19 who are getting into the sport. Cause I, I, it, it could change lives. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really could. Like if you start at a young age, who knows? But you, you could be a potential NBA official mm-hmm. at the age of twenty some years old, because you can't move up that fast. You can move up very fast. It just determines your growth. Are you really into it? Uh, your life. Because mm-hmm. they they they're going to go back and look over things that you've done over your past years. Mm-hmm. So it just to me it it changed my life. Like it 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 changed me into a, a different different person. People might not see it, but it does. Now I can go home and my chicken yell at me. I just look okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I get yelled at by the guy. That was, you know, he says way more than this, but it helps. Yes, it, it helps me. So. By me getting yelled at in the first couple of years, I couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. They can say whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you take it as a personal shot or uh, um, did you view it as attack on refs? No, I viewed it as when, when I first started, they mm-hmm. said uh, thick skin. Mm-hmm. And that always sticks with me to this day, thick skin. So I said, this is what they mean <laughs> by having thick skin. But I never took it personal. I used to go home like, man, listen. I don't never want to go back to that school. Mm-hmm. But when you have a significant other that you can go home to, that you can talk to, that mm-hmm. that can give you feedback, it kind of helps you out too. Mm-hmm. So, but then that said, I just took everything that negative that they gave to me and said the next year, you won't say that this year. And year after that, you won't say what you said that year, this year. Yeah. And now that's why I am to this day. And I still got some learnings. Even when I go ref with other officials, I take something from them. I don't tell them. Mm-hmm. I steal something from them. Okay, yep. I'm going to use that. Yep. That looked good. Yep. Your mechanic's good. I'll, take, I'll, I'll steal it from you. Mm-hmm. 
and I would just put it into my own form. Yep. How many players, Joe, do you know uh, do refing part-time too, like youth players? Um, I, I know a lot of uh, high school players that you coach in a Wibble, WYBL, you know, they, they work on Sundays, you know, when they can. Um, I, I've seen some of the twins at Pewaukee, the Tarian twins, they, they get into refs, um, refereeing. So I think every player should do it. I know, do too, because it, it gives you, it gives them a respect of yes. what, what refs have to put up with. Correct. Not only is that is true, the players mm-hmm. know the game. Mm-hmm. They know the game. Yep. They know what someone can play through and they know what someone <laughs> can't play through. That's why players to me can be the best officials. But some of them just don't want to, but right. you can be the best official. I agree. You know what a double yep. travel you've been taught this your whole life. <laughs> yep. That's what I used. I just yep. had to learn the, the other side, the rules. Yep. Your primary, your secondary. But I knew Everything over and back. I, I, I know yeah. high school taught me that. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like I just had to learn the other side of basketball. And once I learned the other side of basketball, refs that I see that officiate me, I'd be like, you know what? I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> that, that wasn't your call. <laughs> so I have a yeah. whole a whole different way of looking at basketball yep. as a whole. I had one that I want to circle back on when you said, especially for the college level in high school. When you have your hour before meeting, what goes into that? Um, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like, do you have a scouting report on those two teams or like what happened games prior? What are you doing during timeouts, even to like when you go and talk to official? Like, what are those meetings like and what are you discussing? Okay, so I'm going to use uh, when we went to Madison, we got a game in Madison Area Technical College. So we had a kid from uh, Illinois, I think he was going to Wisconsin. And then we had Con Knipple, who was going to uh, Duke. Mm-hmm. So immediately when we get there, hey, you have this kid from Duke going, you know, on Wisconsin. You have this kid from Wisconsin who's, who's on the other team going to Wisconsin. Let's make sure their fouls are actually fouls. Mm-hmm. Because of what we don't want is Duke in the crowd mm-hmm. or Bradley or anybody in the crowd. And their player is in foul trouble by the touch fouls, touch right. fouls, touch fouls. So that's why we talk about pre-gaming. Let's make sure the, the contact is legal. And if it's not legal, let's let's get him. And we don't we're not discriminating who are you who mm-hmm. who you are. If you make legal contact in my game, you will get a foul. Uh let's let's de- determine if the, 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 the teams are gonna press. You gotta let you know. If you're to see hang back with me, uh, let's make sure that the clock starts on time. Let's make sure that the kids come in properly equipped. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that the coaches stay at the 28 foot box. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make sure if we got a, a, a over and back call, let's make sure that we know where it's coming in at. It could, could it, it could come at the 28 foot, or either could come in up under the basket. It, it determines where the kid touched the basketball at. So those are little things right. that we talk about in pregame and that we want to get correct. Before we step out, like we we want to be the best thing. It's three teams out there, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm usually it's Cedarburg mm-hmm. versus Nicolette, and then the refs. So it's three teams out there. I want to be the best team out there. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody leaving this game saying, "Hey, 
that ref right there messed up the game for us mm-hmm. or this crew because that's not what you're going to hear. You're not going to hear the crew. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were talking. Let's go out here and be the best crew. Not a crew that's interrupting the game, but let's be a best crew. Let's keep the game at, yep. at a, like I said, respectable level, like yep. professional. Yep. We preach that all the time, professionalism, professionalism, professionalism. Mm-hmm. And we tell the kids right before the game, black talk to black. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk across to white. Mm-hmm. White talk to white. We're not going to talk across to black. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you foul a kid. It's okay to walk up if you're the opposing team and help him up. It's sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of things that we go over in the, in the locker room to to make sure that when we, we step out on the floor, we got everything that we need covered. Mm-hmm. As far as what the, the trail going to cover, as far as what the league going to cover, as far as what the seed going to cover. As well as there's another team out there, t- the people that sit at the table. We got to be on the same, yep. the yep. same court as them. Because totally. yep. we got to report to them. And that's why mechanics are so so yep. big because it's that's the table you reporting to the table, right? So the table wants to know everything's right. Yeah. So that's all. That's I, everything yeah, we talk about. I think about that's pre-game. good to hear too. Like yeah. that's an hour of prep going into games. That yeah, like you guys are prepared walking in there. You know what? We know what the plan is. Know your assignment. And I don't think people probably think you show up 15 minutes before the game and get dressed right. and you're walking out. <laughs> no, we we it's right. not we, the case. I'm there in the JV game, mm-hmm. and people be like, "Why you get there so early?" Because nine times out of ten, what the JV is running, what the varsity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the varsity is going to run. So if I see this, and I'm just going to continue to do Cedar Bird because I got Cedar Bird coming up. If I see what, Cedar Bird, uh, Nicolay night, right. Friday, I'll be quiet Friday in the Friday night. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, check man, that's going <laughs> to be a battle. That's going to be a battle. So yeah, it's just. Just making sure that the game is played correctly. Yeah. Making sure that I'm reffing at my best ability that night because you never know who's in the stands. Yeah. That's yep. why I come to every game. Yep. I had a game at the WBY tournament shootout at Concordia. And I'm just working my game, just my normal game. And I had a Division One coach play for Rufus King. Hey, Keita, I was just here looking at one of my players, but I noticed you. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't interrupt the game, but I noticed your calls was were, were calls because you played the game. You didn't interrupt the game. I like the way you look. I like the way you ran up and down the court. Yep. I like your demeanor. Yep. I like the way you was talking to the players. But if I hadn't have done that, he would have never noticed. So at every game I go to, I give my all because you never know what commissioner, what coach is a doorway. To the next level, what is that? Your end, what's your end goal as like a referee? Oh, Have like, you ever thought about it? I, I want to go to the top. Yeah. yeah, the harder the game, I want it. I want to wake up. I, I wake up for for big games. Mm-hmm. I love big games. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get mad if if I don't get a big game. Well, that's just me being <laughs> official, right? 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 Because I want the big games. I want the talent. Yes, I want the Division One talent. I want to referee that because it's just making me better. Yep. And that was one of my questions is, you know, great players. It's hard to coach and ref, you know, great players because as a ref, you're like, man, there's things that you're seeing out there because if you're a ref, you're probably a, if you're a good ref, you're probably a student of the game too. I remember you running up and down the court one time. I think we were in um, Cincy. Um, and you're like, damn, 
Franks is cooking today. <laughs> and then it was a team who was president. And Franks was just going off, boom, boom, boom. And you're running like, ooh, he is cooking today. Uh, but talk about a little bit of like being a admirer of the game, coaching great, uh, referring great games and great players that you see on the court. Oh, hey, you, <laughs> uh, hey, you about to be traveling, like you said, to Cincinnati, Kentucky. I've seen some awesome players, great players. And so as a ref, I mean, I'm a fan of the game. Right. So in my mind, if I see a good player, I'm, I'm talking to myself like, ooh, yeah, that was, that was that was a good one. And even when the player passed me, uh-huh. I might say something, and all he does is smile and he laughs mm-hmm. and he goes to the free throw line. Yep. It's just me having a – just having a, a, a happy moment. Right. I mean, we can – refs are too serious to me sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's okay. You're right. <laughs> I laugh. I talk to them. The world ain't ended. I crack <laughs> jokes. Even if I mess up a – Oh, a play. And I mess up tons of plays. Mm-hmm. I try to laugh it off like, yeah, I messed up. I missed it. I'm, yep. I'm sorry. Yep. You know what they say? Well, at least you admit it. Mm-hmm. At least you, you can admit when you're wrong. <laughs> yep. and, and we move on. But I enjoy the game. I enjoy it. I, I have the best seat in the house. I don't got to pay to get in. <laughs> so I have the best seat. I'm on the floor. I'm watching the best talent. And yep. like I say, by jumping around different states, it prepare you for when you come back to these high school games, that's why they're more laid back and down now because I've mm-hmm. been on the road with so much talent on one team. Mm-hmm. Phenom, mm-hmm. there's so much talent on the one team. <laughs> Chapman has a lot of talent on one team. So it's like once you get back to high school when they split up, like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> right. Because I done had 11 or 12 top players on one team mm-hmm. to where you had to be on your game at all times. So yeah. AAU has taught me so much just by traveling with them, traveling them. Traveling, watching the different styles of play, watching the different players, watching the physicality of the players. Mm-hmm. There's some big players. <laughs> so, like I say, when I get to these big players, I try not to fate, officiate on a youth level, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to blow every call mm-hmm. because these are Division One players. They're going to go to Division One. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get every single <laughs> touch. So we try to teach them right then and there. But you get some teams that get mad yep. at you trying to teach Yep. What's going to happen on the next level? Yep, yep. How do you deal with those like aggressive teams? That's one of one of my questions um, for you. And then I want to dive into the shot clock and and um, charge zone for a second. But what? How do you deal with the aggressive team? Because as a coach, um, we, we're super aggressive, and we we always say like, all right, we're going to determine what the refs are calling today. You know, because they ain't going to call everything. Set the tone. You, you got to set the tone early. Like, and as a ref, especially in AAU, it's, it's, it's different games. You're, you're, you're refing every 50 minutes, you know, different teams, different styles. So for me as a program director, I'm like, dude, let's, let's start off aggressive. And if they're going to, if we got good interactions with the ref, they'll let us know, like, all right, that you're doing too much now. Or they ain't. And, they ain't gonna call everything because they can't, you know. So it's like, um, how do you deal with those aggressive teams? Aggressive teams are gonna make you work. Yeah, <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna have to earn your money that day because <laughs> that's just what it is. Yeah. Because aggr- just because you're an aggressive team doesn't mean you're necessarily fouling. Correct. Just Correct. aggressive. Correct. And that goes back to those fouls, <laughs> seven to three, seven to four. But I'm I'm up for the aggressive teams. Because it, it, it's still teaching me as I'm officiating this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm up for the all of it. <laughs> Call me from number one versus number two, and I'm going to accept it. Mm-hmm. Because it's only, it's only making me better. 
Yeah. So I know you want to dive into the kind of the rules of the game a little bit. One question I had is um, you talk about going to camps, uh, what you're learning and stuff. You see, you know, pro hops, Euro steps, everybody's trying to eliminate, you know, do what Ja does or, you know, what Giannis, one of the biggest Euro stepper there is in the, in the league. Right. And I think part of the problem in youth sports is parents think they're smarter than what they really are. You know, they see Giannis doing the Euro step, maybe taking, Four sometimes, you know, not getting called, and, and then when their kid does it, that's not a travel. Because yeah, yeah. What are you learning at these camps to keep up with all these moves kids are doing now? Because the game is evolving so much to be like the NBA, especially mm-hmm. at the youth level. Yeah. What are you learning to keep up with that? What I've learned over the years is that when you look at the NBA, the NBA doesn't want to call a lot of calls, mm-hmm. so it's excitement excitement for the spectators mm-hmm. and that's that's what they get mixed up at because mm-hmm. the nba created the zero step mm-hmm. yep one two yep so when you see Giannis pick the ball up that's <laughs> not even a step yet right that's sure. the zero yeah then he gets two more after that with his long legs yeah he's gonna be at the basket by the <laughs> right mm-hmm. what the kids see now they think that they pick the ball up that's zero step <laughs> That's your first step. Right. Now, the Euro step can be done, mm-hmm. but you got to hop from one foot to the next. And we have to see it because if you drag that other foot, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to travel. Yeah. And, and at then, the youth, they're not athletic enough usually to pick up that foot. Mm-hmm. So 90% yeah. of the kids it's, are dragging their foot. It's, Correct. It's going to be a travel. But if you penalize them for everything, you go to parents. Yep. It's not a travel. Yep. It's yep. not a travel. Yep. Yeah. If you pick those foots up, yep. I guarantee I won't blow my whistle. Mm-hmm. But if he drags that foot, it's a travel. It's a travel. <laughs> so you you want me to teach your kid right now? Right. <laughs> At one time, point, do you want right. me to teach him? <laughs> and when I'm doing youth games, I do educate while I'm out there. I, I talk to all the little kids. Hey, mm-hmm. this is why I just called you for a foul. Because your arm started down first and then you raised him up after. Yeah. Or you hip checked him while he was going up for a layup. Mm-hmm. So if you... A lot of parents don't understand uh, the rhythm, mm-hmm. the balance, or the speed. If any one of those is interrupted, it's an automatic foul. Yeah. Yep. So when your kid is out there sticking his hands, what do you think he's doing? He's slowing them down. Mm-hmm. He's directing what he wants to go. This is a foul. Mm-hmm. But in their eyes, it's not a foul. Right. Right. So and how about how about kids like going to the lane? I, I think I read on Twitter, you know, it also depends if they're out of control going to the rim, if that's going to, you know, if they're in control, getting the foul compared to going in out of control, you know. Now, those are the 50-50s. Yeah. <laughs> those are the 50-50 calls. And I tell people, NBA refs get those wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's just those are hard. spurred them on. Boom. Yeah. Let, me, let me process what happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Watch it. Let it develop. Yep. Let it finish. Yep. You can determine after that finish whether or not that bump caused him to go out of control or whether or not he was out of control before that bump even got there. Yep. Goes back into the patient whistle. So I had a kid come through the other night who threw his body Made contact, but then wanted a foul. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you initiated the contact, and all this man hand did was it, it went straight up. But when you hit him, his arms came down. Mm-hmm. I can't penalize him for that. You right. made the contact. Yep. But now if he took his hand down and smacked down and got him on arm, I tell you all the time. Yep. yep. Joe, it was it was it was yep. here. Yep. It was there. It's when he came down. Yep. That's when he there. got him. Yep. And, and once you explain it to him, like I say, so most coaches are. Back up, even if you explain it to the player, like you was legally guarding, it is when you came down on the arm. Yep. That's where I got you at. Yep. So most of the time you explain it. Most of the time it turns out correctly, but if you blow that whistle like too quick, yeah, most likely ninety percent of the time you might get it wrong. Yeah. What do you do with um, lazy refs who don't get up and down the court, and you're a part of that crew with them? Don't put don't put me on the game with them again. Because like I said, you get so much yes. energy and now you with somebody who barely want to get to half court. <laughs> and I didn't seen it to where you're making a call from half court. Yeah. 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 And you in my primary. <laughs> right. and, and and you can, I didn't heard Joe say that's his call. <laughs> right. Because he know. And you're going to come across some coaches that know. Yeah. You know that's the game. Call. <laughs> or that ref that's only running from like the top of the key to the top of the key or, you know, not going the whole court. He's just going, you know. And that's why, and that's what, when I refer a lot of these coaches be be like the shape I'm in. Because mm-hmm. I actually run. I actually work out. I actually do things. I don't actually just sit at home and, and, right. and just wait for the season to start. I'm very active. Like I play mm-hmm. kickball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play basketball. I run up and down in the park with my kids. So I do the things to stay in shape. Yep. Like uh, I ran past a coach not too long ago. And he said, wow, this is one of the fastest refs I didn't <laughs> seen in years. Yeah, yeah. You get up the court. Especially at the high school <laughs> yeah. level. I try to get back. I try to beat the play back. Correct. Correct. Let it come to me. I don't want to be on the side of play making the Correct. determined. Let me get back. Let me watch the play come to me. Let me watch it start. Yep. Let me watch it develop. Yep. And let me watch it finish. Yep. And that, that goes into when you run into these coaches that know the game. And be like, you, you didn't even get back enough to determine if that was a foul or not because you wasn't – we didn't see your – intensity trying to get in front of the mm-hmm. play like when you run into people that know it you know the expectations of that referee has to you know match the intensity of the the mm-hmm. other other side and, and coaches know when you knew like when i got to juco <laughs> defense they knew i was new yeah so i had a call matc it was like, oh number three in juco versus number eight i had no idea this game was <sighs> South Suburban? And yes. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, South Suburban. Oh, the, that's, they, that's they the area run, I'm from. Running, <laughs> running and gunning, running and gunning. So, player in front of me extends the arm fully. <laughs> Offensive foul, player control. Yeah. The coach yells, this is not high school. <laughs> so, I, I walks over there. I say, coach, you, you're absolutely correct. This is not high school. But what I have on your players is, is a full extension mm-hmm. of the arm that displaces the defender. Yeah. He looks at me, he smiles, and he walks off. <laughs> he got the answer that he was looking for. He just wanted to see yeah. and wanted to know if I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And that goes back into your camps. Yeah. It goes back because you're going to have to learn how to get along. You're going to have to learn how to answer in a professional way. Yep, yep. And that's what I gave him. I gave him a professional answer. Yep. Yeah, coach, you you correct. <laughs> this is not high school. <laughs> but in this determination, I had a full extension of the arm that displaced the defender. Yep. And if you displace the defender, 
Yeah. It's a player control. Yeah. Last question I got for you is um, now, now that you're coaching college and you see the changes that's being made in college, Wisconsin is one of the last states to get shot clock and a charge zone. You know, what do you think Get it. about that? <laughs> Get it. I does, think, it well, does that make your job harder or easier? Yeah. yeah. It makes it makes my job, it, it doesn't matter my job easy or hard. What it gives, it gives the excitement back to the people. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to pay, what is it? I, I haven't paid, so mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's $7, $8 a mm-hmm. high school game? Yep. Nobody yep. wants to come to a game and watch you. 30. So Yes. <laughs> nobody wants to see you just throw the ball over zones and just keep dribbling and yep. and. and now it speeds the game up. Mm-hmm. I think some of the uh, deterrent from the WA or whatever, one of their biggest complaints is refs got to be trained more. Um, the it, money involved, yeah, the money involved to put up the clock and stuff, but there's got to be an extra guy there to take care of the shot yep. clock mm-hmm. and more yes. training. Mm-hmm. But as a ref, aren't you willing to do that? I'm I'm willing. I'm already trained for it. So mm-hmm. I think it's more of them training the people at the table. Yeah. Because you have to train them also. Mm-hmm. They got to know when to reset. Yes. They got to know if it resets. So it's a lot. And I understand. But if you start training now, like we have to do the training every year, same thing with your table. Should mm-hmm. do the same thing with your table. Do you think that uh, the refs can bring an extra person for the table um, to eliminate a staffer? That's that's school. another thing that you know they don't teach us mm. about table stuff. Mm. So it's like we just learn mostly just how to officiate the game, and you know, oh, gotcha. Okay. So the table has their own crew, their own crew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They work with us, but they have their own crew. They have stuff that they need to the rebounds, the yep, yep. fouls. They have stuff that they need to do. So we don't learn about mm-hmm. that side. Mm-hmm. So I would think, yeah, if you train them, I, I would I would bring it mm-hmm. because I had a Minnesota team come here to play MAS mm-hmm. and I was the, the R which is the head ref mm-hmm. so he's he asked me I see I don't have a shot clock and I'm like no coach we don't and then he comes back he's like well I see y'all don't have an R8 which a lot of refs don't understand it unless you moved up the yeah. R8 is the restricted area mm-hmm. which in Minnesota yeah. from his the way he talked to me they got the restricted area they do. as well as they got the shot clock mm-hmm. so now he had to adjust from being coming from Minnesota to come down to Wisconsin to play, now you have to talk to his players to let them know, hey, if they're up under that basket, it's not going to be automatic charge. Yeah. So now you got to, I mean, well, that's going to be a block. block. Yeah, yeah, that so, just happened in um, Wisconsin teams went to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to like know about that restart. You got to know yeah. about the restrict. So you got to teach your players. Yeah. You have to teach your players now. If I'm leaving Wisconsin and I'm going to Minnesota, yep. you got to teach your kids that week. It's a restricted area, and it's a shot clock. Didn't, didn't yes. one of the uh, aren't they introducing it in one of the um, AAU leagues now? Yeah, they're going to start introducing it more and more in AAU. Is it just it's, at U sixteen seventeen? U sixteen seventeen. A lot of leagues across the country are going to start doing that at the AAU level to get the kids prepared for college. Just like you know, those kids in Wisconsin went to Minnesota. The teams went one and seven. You know, when they went there, they they only won one game. You know. And how how soon before these kids are playing in Minnesota and are used to you know they go over there and they're used to the restricted zone mm-hmm. and they come back here and they play differently yeah don't get that call it, it, you know you got to be uniform across well it, it hurt I mean I was watching the game you know last week uh, I think it was Marquette and Homestead where the, and 
that R H circle. Oh, uh, that was brutal. And that was just you like, oh, you know, I think Trevor yeah. Polite was, you know, it's on a fast break and the guy was just a little bit above the the yeah. rim. Yeah. You know, and he took the charge. And I think that was Coach Kreider's first technical foul in like nine years. He never got a tech. You know, he got it. But the only thing he did was just put his hand on his head and walk backwards. Um, but he, his foot was on a court, you know, so he called him for that. But it all started because of the RA, you know, of understanding like, well, we're not playing in Minnesota like we was two a week ago, you know, and that determined his third foul. Now he's out. One of the star players is out the rest of the half, rest of the game. Now that kind of determines the shift, kind of mm-hmm. shift between two powerhouses in the state. Now one of the best players is out. And from the from the crowd point of view, everyone's there like that's he's underneath the rim, you know. But from the ref point of view, he was legal. He was there and he took it, you know. So it was like a, a fine balance of why I think we need that that charge yeah. zone. Cause, and, that, and that's true because in, in Wisconsin, if he's up under the basket and if he's there, yeah, he's going to get the call. Yeah. So that's that's the difference. That's a big that's a big difference <laughs> to come from difference. Minnesota down to Wisconsin, not having the shot clock or having the R eight. Yeah. And, and even we're going there because you're not trained from Wisconsin mm-hmm. for the shot clock or the R eight. Mm-hmm. If your feet, if back of your foot is on the R eight, yeah, <laughs> no no charge. <laughs> we uh, CBA. Is pretty proud of their girls program and stuff, and we got to get into a little bit of Joel coaching girls basketball compared to boys basketball. As a ref, how 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 is it? You know, coach uh, refing both types. You know, yep. Because you do both. I yes. see you. I yeah. see you all the time. <laughs> girls, which we don't have to worry about above the rim play. Right, right. So that takes a, a little off. Boys, well, girls can be physical too. A lot of oh, people yeah. don't think girls can be. Yeah, girls can be very physical. I see more girls on them. Yes. more for loose balls than I do boys. So I'll, I'll sometimes you have more fouls in a girls' game, and in a men's game, you have so a lot of fouls above the rim that you don't have in the girls' game. Mm-hmm. So to me, they they on the same level. It's just one plays above the rim and one plays below the rim. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I officiate the same. Marginal contact is legal if it's illegal. Yep. Wh- which parents do you think are worse, guys or girls? <laughs> girls. <Yeah. laughs> I'm the same. I feel the same. Feel girls. The same. girls for sure. <laughs> they be in it. Those girl parents, man, yeah. they are in it. They yes. They want something. They they want the action. <laughs> yeah. We got a we got a lot of youth parents uh, on the girl side, and these might seem like some stupid questions, but. Uh, I see a lot of arguing between parents and refs. So one of the dumb questions is earrings. You know, you got these young girls, starter earrings, and they want to put Band-Aids over them, but there's a rule. No no earrings, yes, right? Because it's a it's a hazard. Yep. If the earring get caught in someone's jersey, now you're looking at your ear possibly ripping. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's to help out, but a lot of kids want to put the tape over it. And I'm like, well, you gonna wait till this basketball season to get your child ear pierced? <laughs> when you know that, oh, you see it all the time. Ain't he, it's not even just girls; it's it's guys too. Yes. And then, dope. and then another thing that I see is the tucked in jerseys. They, yep. And I try, and I teach them from youth all the way up. I let you know right. Our eighth graders come out. I let hey, what grade are you going to next? Ninth. Mm-hmm. 
then it's time to get these jerseys tucked in. <laughs> because some refs only going to give you a certain amount of warnings, yep. and then he goes to the layer games, and then he goes to the technical files. <laughs> yeah. So I try to start a youth, hey, let's just start right here. Yep. And some try to roll it. I'm like, look at me. Is my ref shirt rolled? <laughs> it's tucked all the way in. So I try to keep everybody looking the same. Yeah. I, I know they're going to come out during the game. Yeah. That's just what it, it just but happens. As long as you start, right. we're coming in, then we can work <laughs> with it right at the end of the game. I, but don't come in the game. Yeah. The jersey all out. I had players that tried to get away with murder, like, before the game starts. And you know certain refs don't see certain things, but I had players that tried to tuck in a chain, try to wear they, uh wristbands, try to, <laughs> try to wear certain things. And, you know, certain refs are like, no, go take that off. No, we're not starting to – that's a – technical if you still want to wear it you know it's, it's just funny like certain refs catch certain things and um certain refs don't care about certain things um mm-hmm. so it, it's just pretty funny what the kids try to get away with trying to be cool mm-hmm. on the court and they'll let you know <laughs> well he let us do it <laughs> they don't care they'll tell like well did that ref let us do it i'm like well not me because like i say, you never know who's in the crowd right never know who's watching i don't want nobody to say hey that ref let them play with their jerseys out <laughs> That ref let him play. I had a game I came in. I think it was, was it AAU? I think it was AAU game. And I'm sitting there. And the girl ran fast. I'm seeing, like, I see something shiny. So I just kept looking. And sure enough, she had two earrings in. I'm like, these refs, I need to catch it. <laughs> now, if if something happens where a jump ball goes and then these girls touching over a ball and actually something catches this girl earring, mm-hmm. then that's when you know. But by that time, it's too late. Mm-hmm. So... When I come out, I watch. I look at everybody here, or I look at everybody neck, and I'll catch yep. it. I'll catch it. Hey, Joey has to come, and I'm not finna wait. He, Joey, he has to come out. Yeah. Well, let him take it out. Nope. Give me a sub. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to jump off. So that teaches them a lesson. Right. Hey, next time you get the stuff off. Now I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or nothing, but this will teach you a lesson by getting off, not starting today. Let's jump ball. Let's go. So I try my best to watch these players as they're coming out, which I tell the coaches, hey, coach, make sure they properly equipped. Mm-hmm. That's your only job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in high school now they have it where, the, like, we come out and we talk to the coaches. If your head coach is not there, that's automatic delay a game. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What time on the clock do you normally uh, we talk are, in 10 minutes because that's the time we grab the captains. So yeah. at that time now is that the captains have to be there mm-hmm. as well as the head coaches because we got to give you information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had to where we stand there and this head coach is here and this head coach is nowhere to be found. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't wait on you. So we get the information here, but we also give this delay coach a delay a game. Mm-hmm. So your next one, delay a game. I don't care if your kid. Yeah, free throw, whatever. Yep. Big basket. Free yeah. throw. I had a question. Um, we talked about the rules. Um, jump balls, I see – you know, different times, different refs call jump balls at different times. How long, you know, both fighting for it. Or is there a standard for a jump ball? Because that's jump ball. That's a jump ball. Or mm-hmm. I, I determine when it comes to a pause. And you can yeah. see it. Both of them got the handle ball and it's paused. Boom, mm-hmm. they go to jump ball. Now, if I see this player gaining more control of no, I ain't finna call it. This player mm-hmm. gain, nope. But once it comes to that pause, mm-hmm. whoop, jump ball. How about when they're rolling around on the ground? When is it? A, when is it a free for all? And when is it a it, foul? <laughs> if the when the ball is rolling on the ground, it is free for all. But what you can't do is you can't dive on a player, mm-hmm. and you can't dive through a player. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things I look for for a loose ball. Well, three. Mm-hmm. 
if you're grabbing on a player to get to the ball first, because we see that all the time, mm-hmm. yep. I'm going to grab him and I'm going to push myself forward. Mm-hmm. I look for the grab. Yep. Then I look for determining whether or not your player got on the, on the ground first with the ball and then his player jumped on top. Mm-hmm. Or did his player dive to you to get to the ball? Right. So I stay back. I don't get close to the ball. I stay back and get that wide angle yeah. so I can get the, the better call. So I had a coach where the ball is on the – the back, the back of the players to me, but the ball is in the front, and I'm the C, and this coach is behind me. Timeout, mm-hmm. timeout, timeout. Mm-hmm. I'm ignoring him because I know I can't see the ball. Yep, I cannot give you a timeout because I have oh, no yeah. do that. awareness. That, that's great to that. hear because of where that. the ball is at all the time. He's calling a timeout, you yeah. know. But yeah. I, I can't see it yeah. now. If, it's, if the ball right in front of me and I see. Player guy, he got a time timeout, mm-hmm. but it's on the other side of his player, and his back is to me. So I got the the trail and the lead on that side. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for what they got. Right, they got a jump ball. Okay, coach, we got a jump ball. Well, I was calling timeout, and that's I yep. get the explanation. Yep, coach, I did hear you calling timeout, but from my view, I couldn't see who had possession of the basketball. Mm-hmm. It's the honest answer. What, what, what I look for jump balls, I look for. Especially in AAU, I, I look for if that if that ref puts something else in his pocket. If he goes from A to B, uh, possession arrow because sometimes possession arrow in AAU you you can't really determine that scores mm-hmm. table because that's usually yep. a parent, parent on there yep. who's trying to give you a little heads up, a little little extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the refs who you know actually like oh yeah, it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> With me, I, I carry a an extra whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I got a whistle on lanyard, so yep. whatever uh, we jump ball, whatever team grabs it, I automatically yell. Mm-hmm. So if Chapman is black and they're going is white, yep. white possession. So that means black got the ball, next possession goes to white. And I automatically yep. turn and face the table, and I put the whistle in my pocket to where the way well, white goes. Well, you have to because at, at the youth level, parents are usually mm-hmm. doing the table. Yeah. And <laughs> as a parent who's done the table, mm-hmm. you pay attention to the game and not what's going on in the game. And yeah. you have no freaking clue. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another on. thing. I, I, when, 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 when the coaches go get the parents out the, out the, out the crowd, and this is what I tell them, and this is what I tell them, hey, while you're at the table, you're no longer a fan. Yeah, and you're no longer a parent, so yeah. you got to be on this job. Cause I have people That's at the table. We make a call, and you look at the table, and they, they have the table like, yeah. <laughs> is that the bonus? Uh, yeah, sure. Like, like, they're like, yeah. like foul X. Yeah, yeah like I, I heard, know that was on your team, but that yeah, was a foul. I heard, so like, I heard refs like, you know, hey, hey, Joe, you need to grab a parent, but uh, not that one. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't give it. Don't Man, give that a, guy. Was that his second time out? I had a parent yelling from. Hey, that that's not a foul. Oh, <laughs> uh, the fouls on twenty four white. Yeah, I, I think you should get it on the paper. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I, else I like about you, Keith, is your tone matters. Like when you make a call, right or wrong, it's everyone hears it. It's not like uh, I think that was a travel. <laughs> no, it's like travel going down other way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's verbally. Yes, because most people. A lot of people gonna understand what the travel is by your hand, but yeah. if you be a little vert, yeah. hey, no, I got to travel right here first. Mm-hmm. They already know what you got for your signal. <laughs> oh no, that's illegal. Yep. So by me going to the, it goes back to the camps. Yep, yep, yep. Being confident in your calls. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I'm being. I'm very confident in my call. Mm-hmm. That's a travel. Mm-hmm. That's illegal. Yep. No, we got two. You hit him on the arm. Yep. 
So, so. I, I got in, in closing, um, what would you like to see better um, from yeah. a fan's point of view, from the coach's point of view, from the player's point of view of how they treat referees and what you would like everyone to feel like when they're in a great environment for a game? What would you want to see better from the youth level, AAU level, high school level, um, from mentoring refs to all the things that you have done um, to advance the game? What would you like to see done better? to continue to help the game? I would like for parents to understand that uh, being official is, is not easy. It's, just, it's what the eye can see. And it's, it's a spur of the moment. It's right then. It's, it's, I can't wait to make this call. It's right then. We're only human. Mm-hmm. I think if the parents come to the game and just, and just sit back and enjoy the game and, and just cheer on their they, they child or cheer on their team, we have a better atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And as far as coaches, I understand that they get frustrated, and I understand that they get mad. But if you feel like I did something wrong, hey, call me over there. Talk to me. We're both men. We both can can have an understanding without Joe yelling from across the court. And I'm yelling from way across the court. Now everybody is, mm-hmm. oh, give him a tag. No. And I've done it multiple times to where a coach says, okay, let me see what he have. And I'll take flips, flip with me. Yeah. And I come over and I'll talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to him. Well, coach, this is what I have. You probably couldn't see that you play over here. Push the player. Oh, okay. I, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Versus Joe yelling across, that ain't what it is. And me yelling across, yeah, is that what it is? It's, it's better. Yeah. It's better. And that's why I like coming table side. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, you used to go away from the table. Mm-hmm. When in college, you would report and go away. So yeah. now the coach had to yell yep, yep. from across the court. So, if the communication is better, I think if parents come to the game and just enjoy the game, just enjoy the moment, because at that night it's not about me, it's not about no coach, it's not about the parents. This is the most funful night for those kids. Yep. Whoever's on that bench, whoever's on the court, they waited all day. They went to school all day. Mm-hmm. They want to play this game. And I don't want to... My calls are determined because these parents blasted me. And you can hear them. I hear them all the time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. Oh, our ref did. Ref, uh, I don't care. I wish more refs had that attitude but it, because there are those refs that stop and get in a fight with oh, parents yeah. on the sideline. And it's like, just ref the game, man. But yeah. why? Yeah, right. But why? You most power. And I don't just say this because I know this. The ref is the most powerful man in that gym that night. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Anybody that's in that gym can get tossed yep. by this ref. I try not. I warn you. I warn you all the time. Hey, game assigner, mm-hmm. this guy in the green and black, and I don't even point, this guy in the green and black hoodie, if I point at him one more time, he has to go. Mm-hmm. I try not. So I try not to listen. But parents can be. Oh, they can they can give it to you the harshest ways, mm-hmm. but like I say, it determines the years that you've been a referee. Yeah, because as a new referee, I couldn't possibly take what these people be saying because mm-hmm. I probably say something back. But like the years of going over, and now it's just all right. They're entitled to say what they want, which that goes under tough skin. So I try not to in in in, 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 in what they're saying. I try not to give them eye contact because mm-hmm. if you give a parent eye contact, they got you. Mm-hmm. Cause now you got eye contact, you see mad, 
you gonna say something? I, 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 uh, my call stands. Did Joe tell you? Oh yeah. He used to hey Joe uh, travel. We going this way. Yep. Because you yeah Joe uh, sliding up the foot yeah. But we still going this way. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm being rude. It's just the call going. It's mm-hmm. going this way. Correct. So I I I I, I just think that general conversations. Just come to the game and have fun. Let your kid play. And just let the game let the game unveil itself. No matter if I blow my whistle or not. Yeah. Or this this ref make a bad call. It's okay to make a bad call in the beginning of the game. I can say that. Because you got certain plays that you can mess up on. Mm-hmm. You got certain times of the game that you can't mess up on. And we talk about that. 73, 73, hey, 59 seconds, we can't get no mess ups. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be correct. And what would you say to inspiring refs and people? How how do we get more people involved in referent and inspiring refs that want to be like you are? I think it has to come from within. I think most refs are already scared off mm-hmm. because with social media and it's a lot of stuff to be on. I see the fights. I see the mm-hmm. the choking of the ref. I see the kids that, that jumped on the ref down and 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 I see all that. But it didn't determine me like I'm finna quit. Mm-hmm. I just, you just have to have more self control and, and to, to to deaden the issue before it can get. Like I said, crack a joke. Mm-hmm. Even if it's with a parent, I crack a joke all the time. Yeah, they say you need glasses. I said, I think I, I might do too. I missed a couple calls tonight. <laughs> so yeah, I crack a joke, and guess what? Ain't nobody mad. Mm-hmm. Well, she was just mad, but when she said I need glasses, yeah, I probably do because I missed a couple calls tonight. Mm hmm. And maybe maybe the culture starts changing as you know me as a coach uh talk with my parents and telling them mm-hmm. you know I'm not putting up with this crap on the sideline and uh you know if it happens you're not going to be able to come you're going to have to go out there and watch or something or you mm-hmm. know I know Joe don't, you have a you have a culture oh, yeah. for parents oh yeah <laughs> as a CBA parent yeah. you know you see them acting like that oh yeah we we got a guideline um for the parents they got to sign a contract uh, to be a part of what we're doing. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not saying CBA is awesome. We have some of the best parents, you know, but sure. you do see oh, other yeah. clubs that are not doing that. Mm-hmm. It's not teaching it. Yeah. It's right. not teaching And it. I think that's where it's got to start. If we're going to change the culture, it's got to start from the clubs that you're in. And mm-hmm. those clubs got to have a parent culture like what you're doing, Joe. And Absolutely. the great thing is that what the parent does, the kid does. Mm-hmm. And they don't see it. It's a learned behavior. Yes, it's a learning behavior. Yeah. I had kids who was 13, 14, profanity. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to him, hey, my son's is this age and that age. Mm-hmm. I had a kid look at me in my face and say, so what? Those are your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, let me hear you say that again. <laughs> now, I just try to talk to you. But it's it's like it trickles down. It does. Parents on the sideline as well as coaches on the sideline. They can't defuse a problem. They're just as much as the problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because the way you acting towards a ref or the way you acting towards a call, those kids want to act the same way. Yep. Well, uh, I want to take Cedarburg as an example. Dave Ross has been coaching for forever. And you just see the professionalism, the mm-hmm. veteran in him. When there's a bad call, the way he interacts with the refs, mm-hmm. how calm he is. He's talking to them. Uh, you can tell who the who the mm-hmm. good veterans are, who the good coaches are, yep. by the way they're interacting with the refs. Also, I just had him, great yep. coach. Yep. The whole time he wasn't he wasn't 
he wasn't worried about the stripes. Mm-hmm. This is what 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 I can get my team to do better. Mm-hmm. It wasn't these refs blowing. Listen, hey, you see that they are they're calling hand checks. Right. Hey, adjust. we adjust. Mm-hmm. They're not going to adjust us, and they'll, they'll, you could determine right then and there the great coaches. Versus the new coaches versus the mediocre coaches. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because some coaches take their frustrations out on the ref. Yeah, and that's that, and now they lose sight of the game. And now mm-hmm. it's more so a battle between the refs. And we tell we our talk, coaches we that. We talk about that too yeah. sometimes. And <laughs> with our coaches, we say, don't you lose sight of what's important. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about every play that's going on on the court with the ref. And now you're not even coaching the game mm-hmm. no more. Out of play. Not too long ago. Wasn't in my area. But I agree. Thousand percent I agree with this official. Mm-hmm. I think it's game 72-72 tie game. Maybe 10 seconds left. Uh, I'm not going to say what schools. Mm-hmm. The girl drives down. The crowd is yelling the time before time was. They was yelling four mm-hmm. seconds was like 10 seconds. So she shoots it from half court. The same girl on her team watched the ball, and she see. I saw it going to fall short. I seen it. Instead of the opposing team boxing this girl out, mm-hmm. she takes her eyes off the this girl. The girl gets behind her. Ball falls falls right into her bread basket. <laughs> she turns to lay the ball up, and the girl slams her body into it. Now it's seventy two seventy two. But instead of you. Hey, why are you not boxing out? Right. You come right to the official. Mm-hmm. Very disrespectful. Very disrespectful to where you got a double technical ejection. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to go back to the foul. What if this girl goes to the line and she missed both of her free throws? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Overtime. You, you just <laughs> Overtime. You just gave her an extra additional four free throws. So it's, now we're at six. And let's go back to that game. She missed both free throws. <laughs> and she makes one of the four. Game over. No. <laughs> so now <laughs> you don't blame the player. You don't get at the player. Now you just lost the game due to the fact that you jumped in it. And I'm talking about some harsh words. Mm-hmm. Harsh words. And I told the ref, the official, right then and there, if you would have missed it, guess what? And when I told you about the crew saver, mm-hmm. that's a crew saver. Yeah. I'm coming all the way across the court because I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving the same file. Mm-hmm. So now I would have had to take that. And it would have ended the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like I say, those are crew savers. Yeah. 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 And, you know, in closing, um, you know, growing up in Chicago, I, we had some great refs in high school. We, we were in one of the toughest conferences. And we were doing my last senior year game. Um, I went up to this ref that I respected. Um, he refed my brother's games. He refed a lot of my games. And I just went up to him. We're, it's in the regional finals. And then we're we're up one. We're like 10 seconds to go. Um, and I just went up to him. I don't know how the game's going to end. I just told him, thank you, you know, for these four or five years. It's been incredible just to get to – when you get to know somebody differently in their field, it's, just, it's pretty cool. And it, and this ref, he was always talking to me on the court. He always gave me, you know, good things to say about me in the, in the papers and stuff like that. So I just went to him and said, I just thank you for everything. We end up losing the game by one. 
you know, uh, but, but that happens, you know, we get those, um, you get those. Right. And I see him, you know, 20 years later, uh, I went back to my high school. I see him there and he looks totally different. He's older now. He's probably like 80 something now, you know? So mm-hmm. I see him, he recognized me and just said, Joe, you're still one of my favorite players I ever reffed. And boom, I knew exactly who he was. <laughs> and when, when you have those interactions with people like that, um, it means the world to you guys as refs <laughs> yeah. and us as players. Yes. I, I, I just had that the other day, and the kid was it was losing. Mm-hmm. He was losing. It was Appleton Xavier. I mm-hmm. think he was there. I was Appleton yeah. Xavier, and it was Pius. Mm-hmm. Kid losing. I'm on the end line. The kid walks up to me. He say, "Ref, you're one of the best refs I've seen out here." And I and it's not like you trying to get brownie points because the game is over. Right. <laughs> so I respected him because it's like. This kid is losing. This kid is losing. Yeah. But he took the time out to come up to official and say, hey, you're one of the best refs mm-hmm. I didn't seen this year. Mm-hmm. So me and him, you know, we're talking. Now here comes Spectator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you talking to that kid too much. Mm-hmm. Hey, you hey, what are you what are you cheating? Mm-hmm. Game is already decided. <laughs> this kid just honestly I seen a good ref so I want mm-hmm. to I want to talk to him yep and that's that's all it was I I, I respected him more because he was losing mm-hmm. you have to do that when you lose you don't want to talk <laughs> right. to a ref <laughs> right. but I had the most utmost respect for that kid it made me feel some type of way yep it made me feel like what I was doing was right yep because well, I only get Right. Yeah, from a winning team. <laughs> right. Well, we appreciate, you know, what you do and what you guys do for referees at CBA. We preach win, lose, or draw. We all come up to the refs at the end of the game. You know, that's just something that we do as a program. So we appreciate everything that you've done and continue to do of growing the game. And thank you for coming on. I appreciate y'all yeah, having it was, me. It was awesome, Keith. I know at CBA we do this podcast because we like to give as much information to our to Joe's players and parents as possible, not only about the game, but as being good human beings and, Mm -hmm. you know, good people and stuff. And if there's one thing I hope we did, because Joe has so much influence throughout the state and all these programs has made your job a little bit easier. Yeah. (laughs) It's very, I I don't think I have ever, and I'm just not saying this because we're all in the same room. I don't think I have ever had a player that was disrespectful. Yeah. You know, everybody got some. Ref, you follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But I have never had someone jump in my face. I have never had someone cussing. I have never. So mm-hmm. I can tell that. And that's why I chose for my bonus son to come. Mm-hmm. Because I want him to learn about being a man, too. Mm-hmm. Not just being a basketball player. Because mm-hmm. life is about you being a man first, too. So you got to teach the kids more than just basketball. You got to teach them life lessons. And once I had that experience of refing a couple of games and just had experience of talking to them, just had experience of Travis Diener, just just, mm-hmm. just a lot of experience that I have. And that's why, you know, I chose, okay, I, I, I admire this this Chapman thing mm-hmm. because I see it's different. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a family thing. Mm-hmm. It ain't just about this individual, that individual, that individual. It's <laughs> about everybody. And it helps the kid out in the long run. Yep. So I appreciate y'all. Yeah, thanks Thank a lot, Keith. Great, great, great stuff. Good information. All right, everybody, that'll conclude our podcast for today. As we uh, get here, it's almost the end of February, high school basketball's kind of coming to an end. Uh, we want to start previewing probably in future 
uh, podcast yep. sectionals, uh, regionals, and stuff, and kind of get into that a little bit. So, oh yeah, I have, I have five. <laughs> I have a girls regional, boys regional, girls regional finals, boys regional finals, and then the sectional semifinals. So I know that sectional semifinal is going to be tough, but <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm, I'm ready. Good. Yeah, I, I like a good game. A couple of good games this week. We got Germantown Marquette at Germantown. Uh, I think that's basically for first like place. a three-way tie or first yeah, place in the conference. One. And then Homestead Pewaukee at Carroll on Saturday night at 7. So mm-hmm. see great players in that game too. Yeah, and Hartford, Hartford girls uh, just ended Homestead's 33-conference win streak. Yeah. Uh, so they're tied game. right now for the conference. Yeah. And, Homestead is good. Yeah. Homestead. That girl, that 33? Yeah. yeah. Madison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a player. I don't think she got range. Yeah. <laughs> She's in range when she gets in the gym. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I had her in, with Arrowhead. Yep. And all the coaches were saying, we just step in a little more, one more step. And I'm like, well, you just going to let her keep shooting from deep? <laughs> but, she, but she can hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very impressed with her. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to the CBA podcast.